This is a reminder you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. Welcome back, everybody. This is Encounter with God. You're listening to The Breakfast Show, and we're about to have another clue for our quiz. So, Gemma, what do you got for us? The next clue for the Who Am I quiz is <laughs> Philip found me and brought me to Jesus. Okay, who was found by Philip? If you know the answer, you know what to do. Give us a call right now, one 800 324 Eight four three, or text us on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Okay, so we have uh, our encounter with God section now, where we get to study the Bible together, and we are out of the historical chapters of the Book of Daniel. We are into the prophetic chapters. You, which are your favourites? Um, history or prophecy? Oof, I don't know. <laughs> they both do my head in. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Prophecy is really cool. Prophecy is interesting. And I'm like always amazed at just how cool God is and was like, here, I know you're not going to get it. So I'm going to leave you some evidence that, you know, this is how things are going to pan out for you. And that's absolutely amazing. But the history also kind of blows my mind because it brings everything today into context, knowing what happened back then. Makes it real. Yeah. Absolutely. So I don't know. Yeah. Both. I-, I like both as well. Um but let's, uh, let's, let's do a quick review of what was covered yesterday. Of course, I wasn't here, so uh, I'm sort of picking up the threads from where Darren and Jasmine, big shout out to those guys this morning. So thankful that they were able to fill in and help us out. But from where they left off, the Bible says in the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon. So we're now going back in history from where we were in chapter 6. Yes. Um, we're going back, you know, what, uh, 13, 15 years, something like that. To the first year of Belshazzar, where Daniel has a dream and visions of his head upon his bed, and he writes the dream and tells the sum of the matters. That's verse 1. What you find here is that this is Daniel's first prophecy. What do you mean his first prophecy? It's his first. But, what? This is Daniel's first prophecy. What about chapter 2? That was Nebuchadnezzar's prophecy. Oh, okay, nice. As okay, was, it was Daniel's interpretation, but not his prophecy. Yes. Okay, all right, cool. As cool. was chapter four. Cool, cool, yep. The vision of the dream. Yep, the vision that was of also the, Nebuchadnezzar's. That the makes vision sense. of the image, they were both Nebuchadnezzar's prophecies. True. And so you find Nebuchadnezzar becomes a prophet before Daniel does. But anyway, <laughs> that's just to make life interesting for all of us. Um, <clears throat> but you find here that, yes, Daniel, this is the first year of Belshazzar's reign. Nebuchadnezzar has died before Daniel becomes, or receives, I should say, his first prophet prophecy. Ooh. It's been quite a number of years since Nebuchadnezzar has died. There have been a number of different kings who have sat on the throne during that time period. And now Belshazzar has come to the throne under, of course, the rulership of his father, Nabopolassar. No, not Nabopolassar. I'm getting it. My goodness, this... I'm going to blame my head cold. <laughs> you can't blame your cold. You can't blame your cold. Nabonidus. No. Nabonidus. He was the guy. Anyway, in verse 2, the Bible says, Daniel spoke and said, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, four winds of heaven blew on the great sea, and four great beasts came up from the sea, different from each other. Cool. We have a prophecy here that is written in code or symbols. Yes. We know that. Because as we read down through the prophecy, we're going to find creatures like 
a leopard with four wings and four heads. Which clearly doesn't exist. That's right. Uh, You're going to find a lion that has wings and a man's heart, a human heart. In a lion that has wings. Yeah, sure, this is very literal. Even with all of our fancy technology that we have today, we have not yet been able to do a a human-to-lion heart transplant. So, clearly, this is totally literal. And then, of course, when you get to the fourth beast, he's uh, just nondescript. (laughs) He has ten horns, and it's like, what is that? Yeah. Okay, <clears throat> so this is what you find when you come to apocalyptic prophecy. You're going to find it is heavy with symbols. Gemma, why do you think that apocalyptic prophecy or end-time prophecy is written in symbols? Why not just write it down in plain language? Um, <coughs> hmm. I don't know, because I feel like if, I guess... It has to survive to get to us today, because like, and for future. And I mean, I guess if, uh, I don't know. Have you ever used code? Have you ever written down coded messages? Yeah. Yep. I used to pass notes in school as a kid, and you know, you don't want to write down exactly what you want to write down, so you do it in a code, so you that the person you're trying to pass the note to knows. Why do you do it in a code? You don't want anyone else to. Yeah. Okay. All right. There you go. You don't want anyone so else. So there to are know. certain people that you do not want to know what it actually says, right? That's true. But there are others who you do want to know what it says. Yeah, but then you have to know how to crack the code. Okay, so if you've got a key to crack the code, then you can crack the code. Yes. If you don't have that key, you're done. You're in trouble, yeah. yeah exactly. It's going to mean nothing to you. It's going to sound ridiculous and crazy and weird. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, with this particular code right here, basically what you've got is a prophecy that's going to span two and a half thousand years. That's a big prophecy. During that time period, there are going to, it is going to name, name and shame. Mm-hmm. A number of large empires, nation states, and churches. Yes. Now, these become what we would call world powers. Mm. These are the great powers of the world. And being world powers and being great powers in the world, they are in a position of influence in which if they feel like they're being singled out, they would have a very clear agenda to get rid of the Bible. Mm. And so to protect the Bible itself, it needs to be written in code. True. And to protect the authenticity of the message, it needs to be written in code. You just came straight out and named certain you know, individuals and powers. Yeah, which is why I guess they, like what I was saying before, I mean, you kind of have to have it written in a way that it can survive this whole time. Because if I guess if it was written like straight up, like, oh yeah, this is the church we're going to name. This is the, the city or the state or... You know the the country that we're naming—that's the the bad thing. If they could see that they're being named like that in the Bible, then obviously they're going to have some strong feelings about you know being called out in this prophecy, and and they'll know. So they had to kind of protect it, which is why they you know kept it a, kept it a secret, right? Kept it as a code so they could protect it through the years. <coughs> yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, <coughs> I'm quietly dying here on the other side it of the studio. It is not so quiet. It is not so quietly dying. Do you need uh, some water or something? Oh, there are I tears. Have, have He's crying. <laughs> Shell to the rescue. You yeah. okay? Did that help? <sighs> you can breathe. I can breathe again. <coughs> I was hoping to get through to the end of that sentence. <laughs> and I could feel it rising in the back of my throat. And I can do this. I can do this. I can make it. And I wasn't just, just wasn't going to make it. But anyway. Welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Good to be back. Good to be breathing again. 
<coughs> you're going to have to bear with me over the next couple of days. I'm a lot better than I was yesterday. Praise God. <laughs> and I'm better than I was the day before that. Secret code. Secret and I codes. guess that's why when you developed like the study that kind of unpacks this, you call it the prophetic code because that's it right. literally it's, it's, is a code that, you know, you have to be able to unpack and decipher and... Yeah. Be okay. So how do you de- how do you decode a code? You need, like you said before, you have to have the key. You have to, you know, be able to. <coughs> like if you don't have a key for the code, there's no way you can understand it. So you have to. There has to be some kind of context. You, know, you have to know what you're looking for. Wiles just dying again. Okay. So where are we going to find a key for the code? <laughs> Somewhere in the Bible, I hope. And this is the key to Bible prophecy. With Bible prophecy. You have to be able to decode the Bible from within itself. Yeah, because if you had like the code from somewhere else or pulled it out of, you know, it it would be wrong. It's 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 um the Bible is nothing like Nostradamus. I don't know what that is. Nostradamus is uh, a guy who wrote lots of random things a long time ago. Okay, cool. And a lot of people think he was a prophet, and they try and read all of the prophecies that he wrote and interpret them. But Nostradamus has no key. Right. If Nostradamus had a key to decode it, then we would actually know what Nostradamus was talking about. Yeah. But because it has no key whatsoever at all, then, you know, for the last several hundred years or however long, people have been reading Nostradamus and guessing. Mm. And what they do is they read a piece of Nostradamus and they look at the world and they go, well, this might fit here. They read a bit more and they're like, well, that might fit here. But they're they not really more sure. And it's like, well, this sounds like that. And it becomes a whole bunch of speculation. Now, the dangerous thing is that you find that people read the Bible in the same way. Hmm. And they try and fit it here and they try and fit it here, there, and they speculate about it. And they're like, well, you know, it kind of vaguely sounds like it could be this. And so they will, you know, put on it all kinds of very, very creative and exciting interpretations that have absolutely nothing to do with what the Bible says. We need to find the key. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. <clears throat> okay, and so if we look at uh, the prophecy we've got here, the Bible says in verse 3, if you could read for us verse 3 there, please. Verse 3 says, Then four huge beasts came up out of the water, each different from the others. Ooh, okay. Beasts. I'm trying to remember what beast is like a kingdom, right? Absolutely. We're going to look at uh, all the keys to decoding this in just a moment. What you're going to find here... Well, actually, yeah, let, let's start with that one. I mean, that's the, that's the first one. one. That's yeah. an easy one. Go to chapter verse 17. Verse where it actually tells you this is what it symbolizes. Oh, see, look, easy. Verse 17, these four huge beasts represent four kingdoms that will arise from the earth. Easy. Okay, so there you've got a defining verse. The Bible tells you that a beast symbolizes a kingdom in Bible prophecy. Now, you know the answer to that. It's going to make your decoding of Bible prophecy a whole lot more simple. That's one of the simplest ones to understand because it's actually decoded within the chapter itself. Yeah, I was going to say, I just decoded some of the Bible. That's exciting, but it was like the easiest one. It's like, it's oh, the easy okay. right, we're going to look at some more complex ones as we go through, but they're not, they're not terribly hard. Really, all you have to do is to find the symbol. Mm. Then you get a concordance or a computer. You look up where every place where that symbol is used. You then divide all of those verses into historical versus prophetic. So when they're used historically, then they are, you know, just an animal. Mm. Um, like, 
you know, the fish that swallowed Jonah was just a fish. Just a fish. It wasn't symbolic of any nation. The donkey in the story of Balaam was just a donkey. He was riding on a donkey. Mm. It wasn't symbolic of a nation. <clears throat> Those are historical. But then you find the ones where it's prophetic and suddenly you'll find that you will find a defining verse somewhere. Once you define that, find that defining verse, what you're going to find is that all of the symbols suddenly make sense right across the Bible because yep. they're used consistently. Yeah. They don't swap and change between, you know, different things. They and I mean, always symbolize the same thing. The code would have to be complicated enough that, you know, because they're trying to hide it from specific people to see it. So it would Protect have to be complicated enough yep. for that, but it also needs to be basic enough and simple enough that it can be uncoded. That's right. <laughs> like, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it can be uncoded. Okay. So if you look at, you've got four great beasts, which are four. The Bible says they're four kingdoms. And so people go, oh, I wonder what these four kingdoms are. There's one that's like a lion. There's one that's like a bear. There's one that's like a leopard. And there's one that's like a nondescript beast. Mm. And so I find that some people today say, oh, that's easy. That's England, <laughs> Russia, Germany, and China. Yeah, but no. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. But why? Well, wh- why not? Because it doesn't make any sense. Like, there's nothing to... But then they could have, like, 50 years ago, 100 years ago, 200 years ago, it could have been, oh, this is just this, 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 and this. Like, there's no there's no grounds for that. There's no consistency, and you cannot understand it all the way down through history. Yes. This is the, this is the key. This is These prophecies were, un, were written to be understood down through history, <clears throat> and it creates, you, creates for you no historical context. And there's nothing specific that would link England to this beast or China to this beast. Like, there's no... No, well, you could argue that there was. Yeah, but... It just doesn't make sense now, why with everything England, else, though. Why England has um, an African animal that it uses on occasions as a symbol of its empire, I will never know. But anyway. Um, <clears throat> I remember learning the repeat and enlarge concept, which is like throughout the book of Daniel and Revelation, right? Where they yes. give you like part of a thing and then yes. they repeat that part yes. but add extra detail. Yes. So, like, I mean, the England and China, you know, examples might fit with one example of the repeat and enlarge thing, but it's all the same prophecy throughout the whole book. Couldn't, doesn't you know, the, fit, doesn't the, fit with all of it. The one that the one that fascinates me the most, and, and and basically what this is 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 looking at the prophecy and going, well, this looks like that. Yeah. Rather than actually decoding it. Yeah. And you can do the same thing with Nostradamus. You can read Nostradamus and go, well, you know, this looks like that. He's just having that a, is not interpretation. Stab in the dark. Just having a guess. You have to allow the Bible to interpret itself. Amen. And. You know, I've I've often asked a few people, and like, well, where do you get a, you know, this, uh, um, you know, and they can sort of give a defence for, you know, the lion and the bear, and then Germany, the leopard. I'm like, how do you fit? How do how how? <laughs> where is the leopard a symbol of Germany? Where do you fit Germany into that? And it's like, aha, because Germany makes leopard tanks. What? I'm dead serious. Actually, I am dead serious. But then you could just twist this to fit anything you wanted to fit in any cultural context you want it to fit in. Anything you want makes no sense. None whatsoever. I don't like it all. No, no. Anyway, so that's what we need to avoid. We need to find out what does the Bible say that these symbols symbolize. Let's go to the next symbol that we have here, and that is the symbol of the sea. Is it? Uh, Well, actually, it was the one that's in verse two. The vision I saw the great sea chart. Oh yeah, cool. Yep. The surface of a great sea. Okay. So basically, this is what you've. This is the picture you're given: wind blowing on the sea, four beasts rising. Mm-hmm. Now we know those beasts are nations. So you got wind blowing on the sea, 
four nations coming from that. Out of the sea. Out of the sea. What is the sea? Revelation. Hmm. Because Revelation, you've got to remember, is Daniel's twin. Hide with Daniel. Revelation chapter 17 and verse 15. 17 verse 15. Then the angel said to me, the waters where the prostitute is ruling represent masses of people of every nation and language. Oof. Okay, so what is the, uh, what is the waters or the sea symbolize? Masses of people of every nation and language. Okay. Okay. So you've got uh, you've got four great nations coming out of the other nations of the world. That's fairly simple so far, isn't it? Masses of people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. One more symbol. Okay. Wind. Uh, what is wind a symbol of? I'll go share a doozy on this one. This one is Jeremiah, and of course he was a contemporary of Daniel. And Jeremiah, and we're going to go to somewhere in Jeremiah. Hang on. Okay. Twenty five. Here's my question. We know that Daniel and Revelation are linked. Yes. Because of, you know, other yes. prophetic things and just yeah. How we're getting it from Jeremiah, totally different book. Yes. How do we know that it's relevant and that its interpretation is correct? Yeah. Well Jeremiah and Ezekiel are to begin with are contemporaries of Daniel. Cool. So they're writing in the same time period, they're using the same symbols. Okay, cool. Um <clears throat> they're they're uh, you know, probably in communication with each other. That's where you start. The second thing is it doesn't have to... You, you, your decoding doesn't have to come from just Daniel and Revelation. Mm. It has to come from symbolic prophecy. Right. So we're looking for symbolic prophecy. And they would have been writing these things at the same time that he was. Yeah, they're writing, but there's other prophecies where you find uh, symbols being decoded that are writing, you know, during different eras. Mm. Uh, but... It's not speaking historically, it's speaking symbolically. Ooh, okay. And in some of these prophecies, what you're going to get is a bit of a blend between the two. So anyway, let's go to Jeremiah chapter 25, and we'll read verse 31 to 33, please. I have to scroll. Jeremiah 25. Could you say that again before you... 31 to 33. Okay, 30, 31. 31. All right. <coughs> Got it. His cry of judgment will reach the ends of the earth, for the Lord will bring his case against all the nations. He will judge all the people of the earth, slaughtering the wicked with the sword. I, the Lord, have spoken. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies say. Look, disaster will fall upon nation after nation. A great whirlwind of fury is rising from the most distant corners of the earth. In that day... Those the Lord has slaughtered will fill the earth from one end to the other. No one will mourn for them or gather up their bodies to bury them. They will be scattered on the ground like manure. Okay. So, Whoa. that's pretty strong language. That's, mm -hmm. And it's pretty much a literal prophecy that you've given, given right there, right? Yes. You know, this is what's going to happen when Jesus comes back. There's going to be judgment going to take place. Um, and lots of people are going to die. Yes. It's, it's not just, a good time. It's written in, the, in, in fairly plain, simple language. Okay. Now, there is one phrase in there that is very, very interesting because you're going to use, see this phrase used kind of throughout the Bible in a symbolic sense. Mm -hmm. And the Bible describes, uh, basically, if you go to, um, well, if you look at it in my translation, it says in verse 31, he will judge all flesh, he will give those that are wicked to the sword. Mm. So God is going to war here against the wicked. Then it goes on to describe that war as being like a tornado. A whirlwind. Yeah. A whirlwind, which is a tornado. Yeah, verse 32, a great whirlwind of fury. <coughs> a great whirlwind of fury. Yeah. Uh, what you're going to find in the Bible is that from under the Bible, whenever wind is mentioned symbolically, 
mm. is always used as a symbol of war. Now, once huh. again, you've got to differentiate between when it is historical. There was a wind that blew and dried up the Red the, the Dead Sea. Yeah. Um, but there are other times when it is used you know, in prophecy, such as this one, where it's used symbolically, and you find wind a symbol of war. So if you go to Daniel chapter 7, you find four, great, four winds. So wind blew on the sea and four great beasts came up from the sea.
You're listening to Graham Kendrick with Mignus and Majesty. This is The Breakfast Show, and Gemma's about to give you another clue for the quiz. No one's got this one yet. One of the disciples. Who is this person? You Get just gave an score. extra clue. No, I didn't. You did. What? They didn't know that it was a disciple. Yeah, I already said that earlier in the show. Well, you gave an extra clue earlier in the show, and I'm only calling you out on it now. Okay, that's all right. That's the fine. next clue... You can call me out. I, don't mind. I didn't give it away. <laughs> I mean... Well, no, you didn't. That's true. The next clue. I said, Nazareth, can anything good come from here? Who said that? Who said that? That is the question. Who said that? And if you know the answer, give us a call. Go do some digging in your Bibles, 1-800-324-843. If you're driving on the road, pull over to the side before you start digging into your Bible unless you've got a passenger. Don't forget, the prize will be a copy of the CD for such a time as this. Always going with the bug spray. Okay, so we opened the window because it's a little bit stuffy in here, and because we've had all this rain... We're getting attacked by mosquitoes. The mosquitoes are everywhere. Thick. The air is just... They're swarming. Swarming. I've gotten a couple bites already. That's good. What? Absolutely. No, I'm itchy now. Whatever they're biting you, they're not biting me. Oh. (laughs) And I haven't had any bites yet, so... Let's get back to the study. Your blood is obviously way sweeter than mine. Mm, Yay for me. So you just sit closer to the window, (laughs) and my problems are all solved. I don't need to worry about machines. You should pass me the bug spray then if I have to fight them off before they get to you. But I I like hunting. It's just... One of those things. Anyway, um, we need to get into our Bible study. We need to do, actually do some serious study here this morning. The Bible says that wind is a symbol of war, water or ocean is a symbol of nations, and beasts are a symbol of individual nations. And so you've got war amongst the nations of the world, and as a result of that, four great nations come to power. Hmm. What we need to find out is do they come up simultaneously or consecutively? True. True. Yeah, because we know that they arise, we just read, don't know... Read me the first two words of verse 4. In what chapter of what book? Of Daniel chapter 7. I'll oh, see, look, I'm back in Jeremiah. Hang on ah, a second. Ah, yes. Hang on a second. <coughs> Daniel. Daniel 7. And verse 4 is where we're going to go to. The first beast was like a lion with eagle's wings. As I watched, its wings were pulled off, and it was left standing with its... Two hind feet on the ground like a human being, and it was given a human mind. Okay, so you, I did say to read the first two words. Oops. But anyway, what are the first two words again? The first. Okay. <laughs> the moment you read that, you now have the answer as to whether these are consecutive or whether they are simultaneous. Oh, nice. So, simultaneous, because the first... Oh, no, you mean consecutively because yeah, 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 the first. Yeah, Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. this like, is the first one, so then there will be one be after one. that. So right. Yeah, yeah, right, got it. Yep. See, I'm not the only one who's struggling this morning. It's too early. It's too early. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've got a first, we've got a second, we've got a third. Um, we've got uh, all of these uh, beasts coming up. And the Bible says the first is like a lion that has eagle's wings. The second is like a bear that is lopsided. The third is like a leopard that has four heads. And the fourth is a nondescript beast with ten horns. We're going to work our way through these very quickly, just as a review from yesterday. Uh, The Bible says the first is like a lion that has eagle's wings. Of course, we are very, very well familiar with nations being symbolized by animals. Uh, Here in Australia, our country is symbolized by two animals. Mm -hmm. 
Do you know why they were chosen? Because they can't go backwards. Yes. Because the theme when they were coming up with it was keep looking forward or keep, keep moving keep, forward. Keep going forward. That's or right. Or something. And the kangaroo can't walk backwards because of yes. its tail in being in the way. And the emu can't walk backwards because it's, I don't know, it's just its legs don't move that way. That's right. Yeah. And Fun of fact. course, if that's right. Uh, if we were to ask, you know, what country is symbolised by a small flightless bird? <laughs> Amy's not exactly small. No, but what country, you know, what country around the world oh, I don't is symbolised by a small flightless bird? I mean, my brain went to penguins, but it's not the answer. Kiwi. <laughs> Kiwi birds. Oh, yeah, true. Yeah. Oh, yeah, duh. New Zealanders, small flightless bird. There you go. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so you look at it in the world, you know, you look at the United States, it's symbolised by the bald eagle. Um, you know, all countries seem to have their critter that they yeah. use to symbolise themselves. And uh, <clears throat> no different in the ancient world, of course. You go to Babylon, they had winged lions in Babylon, but the Bible says that the wings would be torn off. Uh, by the way, wings in the Bible are a symbol of speed of conquest. You find hmm. that in a bunch of places in the Bible. And their wings, the wings were torn off. It lost, you know, its uh, warriorhood. It it uh, lost its lion heart. If we describe someone as being lion hearted, they have a tremendous amount of courage. It got a man's heart, a human's heart, in contrast to a lion's heart. You know, the lion is the king of the beast, strong and powerful, and humans are symbolised as being. Hang on, wait. Which which beast is that? The first one. It's the first one. It says it was given a human mind, not a human heart. Oh, really? Oh. In this version, is the translation in the wrong? new lamb translation? Nah. Let me read you what a real Bible says. I wonder if we're ever <laughs> going to have one breakfast show where you don't comment on my translation or the fact Not that I'm while, using a phone. Okay, whatever yeah. we are in prophecy, you get me in deep trouble. With uh, I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, yeah, because I'm like that's interesting because you said it gets a human heart, heart. because it loses the heart of a lion, but that's this right. says it was given a human mind. Yes, so that's interpretative, not translative. What does your version should say? Is this the first was like a lion and had eagle's wings, and I beheld until the wings thereof were plucked. Wow! And it was uh, lifted up from the earth and made to stand upon its feet as a man, and a man's heart was given to it. Huh? That's so weird. That's so different. That could like very different ultimately change this you know absolutely because prophecy. when you think about a lion's mind that's kind of irrelevant but when you think about a lion's heart yes then that is something that has been symbolic for thousands of years as being you know a, a, a heart of great courage yeah courage i mean wizard of oz Power. uses it too so yeah, yeah courage yeah yeah everybody knows that yeah richard the lion heart but if it was a lion's mind there's, that's well, there's a reason why weird. richard the lion richard the third was called richard the lion heart mm. it's because he courage. was supposedly courageous well, there you go. And, of course, you know, human beings are the weakest creature on the planet. <laughs> yeah. The only thing that we have, any, the only place where we have any strength is in our brain. So I say, it's because we make stuff. <laughs> That's right. We make tools uh, because we are incredibly weak. I mean, look at a human baby. It takes years for it to become, <laughs> you know, anything that can actually do anything. Super defenseless on its own. And uh, you take a simple creature like a... You know, the cows that live in my back paddock and, and when they have calves and, you know, within a couple of days, the calf, he's out there doing his own thing and running around and, you know, just being a normal bovine. <laughs> um, <clears throat> it would take years for a human baby to accomplish that. So, yeah, it goes from being strong and powerful to weak. And, of course, you know, we've got to remember that the city of Babylon was lost in a night of drunken debauchery and human weakness. Mm. Let's go on to the next one. The next one gets a bit more specific. 
we have a lopsided bear with three ribs in its mouth, of course, a symbol of Meda, the, the, the coalition government between the Medes and the Persians, mm-hmm. which was a lopsided coalition that the Persians dominated. Because one was stronger than the other. That's right. It should have been the Medes, but it actually turned out being the Persians. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you have, the Bible says it has three ribs in its mouth, so it's got three ribs in its mouth. What's it been doing? Eating something. Uh, eating other animals? Yeah. What does an animal symbolize? Other kingdoms. It's been other destroying, kingdoms. devouring other kingdoms. And when Persia comes to power, it has to conquer Lydia, Babylon, and Egypt. Three well, other hey, nations. what do you know? That's three. There are three yeah, ribs. Absolutely. Whoa. Then you come to the fourth, and the fourth is like a leopard with four heads. You mean the third? The third, sorry. The third is like a leopard, and it has four heads. Yes. What you find is that uh, Alexander the Great, the Greek, conquered the Persian Empire. Mm-hmm. And when he died, because he ruled over his empire for a very short space of time, died at the age of 33. And when he died, his general said, well, who does the kingdom go to? And he says, well, the kingdom will go to the strongest. You know, use the process of natural selection and survival of the fittest to find out who's worthy to lead it. And, of course, that worked the way it normally does in that it weakened uh, the Greek empire, which split into four different nations under four of his generals.
Are drugs or alcohol a problem in your life? Alcohol Drugs Assist, or ADA, is a 12-step recovery program designed to help you escape the hold of addictions in a friendly and judgment-free environment. ADA meets regularly, and if you'd like to attend, give Peter a call or text on 0487 907 879. That's 0487 907 879. You're listening to Faith FM. Positively different radio. Hi, my name is Lucas. I go to Warrigal Seventh day Adventist Church. We would love to have you join us on a Saturday at 10 o'clock for a Sabbath school kids program and then the main service at 11.30. For more information, Google Seventh day Adventist Church Warrigal. Stop telling me lies You're making me despise The wonderful creation God made me to be Lord help me recognize I'm precious in your sight Jesus, help me see your love for me. Mirror, mirror on the wall, your kingdom is about to fall. I will not listen to your lies. My value lies in Jesus Christ. His life he freely sacrificed to offer me abundant life. He purchased me, he paid my price. I'm precious in his sight. Mirror, you won't define this little life of mine. For I belong to Jesus, and He belongs to me. He is the reason why I won't believe your lies.
is about to fall I will not listen to your lies My value lies in Jesus Christ His life he freely sacrificed To offer me abundant life He purchased me, he paid my price Mirror, mirror on the wall Your kingdom is about to fall I will not listen to your lies My value lies in Jesus Christ His life he freely sacrificed To offer me abundant life He purchased me, he paid my price I'm precious in his sight I'm precious in his sight I'm precious in his sight Precious in his sight Welcome back, guys. That was Janine Ola with Mirror Mirror. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Gemma is about to give us another clue for our quiz, and then we have question of the day. I'm not giving another clue because somebody got it right. Somebody got it right. Congratulations, Corey, from Coffs Harbour. You did get the answer correct, and it is Nathaniel. There you go. So a CD will be coming your way for such a time as this, the kids' CD, which was produced and recorded here in Newcastle. Uh, yeah, will be sent up to you. Well, then, Corey from Coffs. I feel like Coffs Harbour this morning. What do you... Yeah. <laughs> harbouring lots you of Coffs. feel like Coffs Harbour? That's a good one. I'm harbouring Coffs. That was such lots a dad joke. Oh. Oh, dad joke of the week right there. Oh, no. Okay, question of the day. Somebody wants to know whether the Antichrist in Daniel 7 is the same as the Antichrist in Daniel 8. Good question. Which is a very good question. Um, there are a number of different aspects to the question. We'll just start with the basics first, and we may even do a little bit more on it tomorrow. We'll see how we go. Cool. All right, so basically what you've got to look for, first of all, is the principle of repeat and enlarge. Yes. In Daniel chapter 7, you have uh, four great beasts followed by the Antichrist, the little horn. Now, the Antichrist is found in a bunch of different places in the Bible, um, but you've kind of got five really major places. Mm -hmm. So you've got Daniel 7, Daniel 8, uh, Daniel 10 through 12, um, 1 Thessalonians, 1 John Revelation 13, Revelation 17. Did I mean that's more than five? But anyway, those are your major references to the Antichrist. Uh, of course, the word Antichrist itself is only found in the book of 1 John. Hmm. What you're going to find between all of these, so, so basically what you've got is he's called the little horn in chapter 7. Yes. The little horn in chapter 8. The king of the north in chapter 10 through 12. Um, the man of sin in 1 Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians, sorry. Uh, the Antichrist in First John. The Beast in Revelation 13. And the Great Harlot in Revelation 17. Oof, clearly you've done some research because you knew all of that off the top of your head. Yeah, I've kind of read the. I do actually have a whole series of Bible studies on this that yeah. I've written. So yeah, that makes sense. I probably should know my material. <laughs> um, <clears throat> okay, so it's not one limited thing. It's all throughout the Bible. That's right. Tons and of what you're going references. to find is that they all have overlapping... Um, identifying characteristics. So what the Bible does is rather than giving you the name, it gives you a list of identifying characteristics so that you can go, okay, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Yeah, he ticks all those boxes. That's where we look. Yeah, so it's like a puzzle. You can piece it together and yeah. you know what the If you actually go through is. the whole Bible, you know, because we normally, we normally just do it from 10 because 10 is enough. By the time you get to the end of 10, it's like, yeah, well, that's really clear. We yeah. know exactly who the Antichrist is. Uh, but if you go through the whole Bible, there's like 85 different... Ooh. Identifying characteristics, okay, so and they all point. Every single one of them points exactly the same direction. That's a bit specific, then. Oh yeah, it's very specific. Um, 
Now, so yes, the Antichrist is the same in chapter 7 as mm-hmm. it is in chapter 8 as it is in chapter 10 through 12. And really what you've got is repeat and enlarge. So every time the Bible goes through the prophecy, it starts in Daniel 2, repeats in Daniel 7, repeats in Daniel 8, repeats in Daniel 10 through 12. Mm. Um, gives the same information and adds information. Each time it adds extra information. And so, for instance, the Antichrist is not mentioned in chapter 2. But he does come in in chapter 7, so thereafter he's going to be in every single one following that. Mm -hmm. And so if you go to chapter 8, you're going to find this... Interesting statement in verse 23, in the latter time of their kingdom when their transgressors have come to the full, a king of fierce countenance, understanding dark sentences, will stand up and his power shall be mighty. So you've got some interesting, uh, understanding dark sentences is understanding basically a foreign language. Right. We would say in today's language, understanding a dead language. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's a clue for further on in our series. Yep. Cool. <clears throat> and his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. So oh, rather than yeah. using, you know, your standard military power, this person is going to use spiritual power. Nice. Well, this entity, this nation is going to use spiritual power. Um, he shall destroy wonderfully and shall prosper and practice. So we know it's going to be a very prosperous power, very wealthy. Um, and destroy the mighty and the holy people. So we know it's going to be a persecuting power. Uh, through his policy also he shall cause deceit to prosper. That's an interesting Oof. one. Um, and he will magnify himself. This is one really important one. He magnify himself in his heart and by peace shall destroy many. He shall also stand up against the prince of princes, that's Jesus Christ, but he shall be broken without hand. And so we find that he's going to magnify himself and he's going to stand up against Jesus Christ. Now these are all symbols that are going to you're going to find in chapter 7. They parallel with chapter 7. And hmm. so yes... These are the same identity right here between chapter 7 and chapter 8. You're going to find them again, of course, in relationship to the King of the North, but with some extra ones added in. There are always some extra ones that are added in. It all comes down to the lapsing from the foundation of creation. It all comes down to the life poured out in the center.
Welcome back, everybody. We've come to the end of the show, and I have survived it. You did it. Well done. Congratulations. We, we did a bit of touch and go there for a minute or two, but... Oh, there was one stage in that Bible study I thought I was done. You're carrying me out of here on a stretcher. You just need to not talk now for the rest of the day so that tomorrow home, morning you'll be shut better. my mouth. <laughs> yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. My wife is clapping her hands. <laughs> like, shall, shall I'm not that. a talker. She's the talker in the home, not me. <laughs> Uses twice as many words in a day as I do, I reckon. Women on average use twice as many words as men anyway. Yeah, that's kind of the way it is. Anyway, um, what are we giving away? We are giving away a copy of a fantastic book which talks about everything that we've been talking about in our Bible study, The Great Controversy, awesome book. So, yeah, if you've enjoyed our Bible study, you'll enjoy the book. Indeed. Very good. Um, And this book has been around for a while. I've mentioned on a number of occasions. I would highly recommend it to everybody. I I have read it through many, many times, mm. and uh, just an outstanding piece of literature, if nothing else. Yep. Um, but, yeah, great, great, great read, covering, of course, 2,000 years' worth of history, covering prophecy, you know, taking us right through until the return of Christ and events thereafter. So, All you have like to, to do is call us. 1-800-324-843. Or text us on 0491. You just got to be the first person through. So 0491 Whoever is the first is getting their copy or their free copy of The Great Controversy. So, uh, yeah, give us a call right now. And don't forget that uh, we always encourage people to study their Bible wherever they are. Um, we have a way of you being able to study the Bible. You can do it by correspondence through my course, which is called The Prophetic Code. Simply give us a call right here. We'll get you in touch with the... Uh, Discovery Center and you can do it there for free Um, anyway don't forget friends to talk faith live faith, act faith and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ From me.
FM, Australia's positively different radio station. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Hebrews 11, 6. See the bright and the spirit are one. And won't you who are thirsty invite him to come? See how his mercy shines as the bridegroom comes. 
are weary. 